What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Variety Sports Network. I am your host, Jordan, and this is Talking the Gridiron XFL. Week 8 in the books. Week 8 is in the books. Two weeks left of the regular season, one round of playoff games, and then the championship. Should be interesting. So basically, the top two teams in the division make the playoffs. Those two teams face off each other, face off against each other for the, their division championships, and then the winner of the North and the South go to the championship in Texas. Um, there was a crazy game uh, with D in the North with DC and Seattle. What a game that was! A red hot Seattle Sea Dragons team. And the unstoppable DC defenders, except for last week when they lost against the 0-6 Guardians. Haha. <laughs> Cacall. Excuse me. Um, and the XFL has finally, finally, finally seen overtime. And we had two games go to overtime this week. It was awesome. I was actually at the Battle Dome in St. Louis. Um Battle Hawks first, the Vipers, the Vegas Vipers, went to overtime. Crazy game. I will go over that when I go over that game. Um, but I was there. I'm at every home game for the Battle Hawks. Season tickets. I just got to rub it in <laughs> because it's awesome. Football's back in St. Louis, and we're at Sports Town. So we love our football. Screw you, Crocky. Anyway, all that and more <laughs> right after this. You're getting ready to watch one of the best football content creator channels right here on the Variety Sports Network football YouTube page, part of the Variety Sports Network. Go ahead and hit that subscribe button while you're at it. Thanks for watching. Now I'm going to turn it over to the host of tonight's show. Enjoy. All right, guys. Like I said, welcome back to Talking the Gridiron XFL. Like I said, week eight is in the books. We have two weeks left of the regular season, which is going to be nuts. I guess you could say for the North Division because it's such a close race with the Seattle Sea Dragons and the Battlehawks um, and possibly for the D.C. Defenders. D.C. Defenders have clinched a playoff spot. Um, they have seven victories. They're seven and one. Um, and they I don't I even if they lose out, they cannot drop past third uh, second place. So. They have clinched the playoff spot in the North. The uh, Houston Roughnecks have clinched a playoff spot in the South. Um, and, yeah, it was a uh, crazy weekend, I guess you could say, for the XFL. Um, let's go over some stats, shall we? Um, I want to go over some updated stats from the C. Actually, you know what? I'm going to go over that the last week of the season. Because I went over it, I think two week two weeks ago or last week, I went over all the stats. So week six, so week ten, I will give the last stats of the season. So in two weeks, after the final week of the XFL, I will uh, I will go ahead and throw out all. I will give you all the leading league. Uh, the <laughs> let me start over. I will give you guys the league leaders. In certain categories, passing, rushing, receiving, blah, 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 stuff like that. That should be pretty cool to see who's top in the league. 
for their stat wise. Um, I will say though, Ben DiNucci is running it away, running away with yards for quarterback, only because AJ McCarron, AJ McCarron did not play this week in St. Louis for the Battle Hawks. Coach decided decided to bench him last minute, even though he I think he was cleared to play. Interesting. Could he be saving his quarterback for the next two games? Did he have that much confidence in his offense to be to beat the Vipers? Looks like they did. But let's start with the week. First game I'm going to go over is Arlington Renegades and the Orlando Guardians. Okay. Guardians coming off a big win. Guardians coming off a giant win against the DC Defenders. The undefeated team. All right. They're winless and they beat them. It was a great game. It, it, it was an actually a great game. The Guardians actually showed up to play. It was awesome. All right. Arlington Renegades up against the Orlando Guardians. This is my first game I'm covering. All right. This was Saturday at four o'clock. So after the Battle Hawks game, <laughs> Battle Hawks game was the first one of the day. All right. We were at noon on Saturday. Anyway, Renegades coming into this game, uh, three and four. They were on a bad, bad, um, what you call, I'm sorry. I'm out of it. <laughs> it's late for me. And, uh, I'm just out of it. My apologies. Anyway, all you can renegades won this game 18 to 16 against the Orlando Guardians. They are now four and four. Orlando is one and seven, worse than the league. Let's go over the player stats, shall we? We'll start with the Renegades. All right. Uh Renegades got traded. They had their new quarterback, Luis Perez. He went 16 for 25, 190 yards, no touchdowns, no interceptions. He got sacked one time. The leading are uh, the their leading rusher was Letty Brown, nine carries, 47 yards, no touchdowns. But the only rushing touchdown of the game was by Davion, Devon Smith. I mess it up every time. 13 carries, 44 yards, one score. So they had no touchdowns through the air, and they had one touchdown on the ground. Terrible. Terrible. That's not going to win you a game. But it did. <laughs> I don't know how they won. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. They had uh, defense. Defense is what got them. They had a, let's see. Where are their touchdowns? I'm looking for their touchdowns here, play-by-play. Play. Here, touchdown. There's that rushing one. All right. Pass intercepted by the Guardians. Let's see here. How do they score their points? Kickoff returned. 17 yards. Nope. Touchdown, Guardians. Oh, my Atlanta. Okay, there it is. There's a field goal. Two-point conversion pass. Incomplete pass. Where did that come from? I don't get it. Oh, fumble recovered for touchdown. Okay, there it was. Fumble recovery. That's where they got all those points. All right, back into it, back into it. Um. The leading rusher of the team, <laughs> they did not were, were not great, uh, obviously through the air. So, Winningham went, had two receptions for sixty-two yards. Uh, Tyler Vaughn's four for fifty-two. 
Javante Payton, two for 25. They had no touchdowns through the air. They only had 190 yards through the air, um, a total of 91 yards on the ground. Um, they had four fumbles. Their offense d- killed them. They're running back, quarterback, tight end, and who is Willie Taylor, the running back? Receiver. So two receivers, a running back and the quarterback all fumbled. They lost three of them. The quarterback got his back, but just terrible. Defense had four sacks. Defense had two interceptions, three forced fumbles, (laughs) and three fumble recoveries. Not bad for their defense. Their defense is what won them that game. I'm not going to lie. Um. Total yards, 274 for the Renegades, 309 for the Guardians. I mean, let's see, their first down penalty, one. They had one of them, and then Guardians had seven, dude. Jeez. I I like going down here to the uh, penalties. Here we go. 13 penalties on the Renegades, eight on the Guardians, and that's all I'll go over there. All right, let's go move over to the Guardians. Let's see how they played, shall we? Quinton Normandy, 28 for 43, 303 yards, one touchdown, two picks, got sacked four times. His O-line sucks. Eli Rogers, 0 for 1, no yards. Uh, rushing the quarterback, Quinton Normandy, five carries for 17 yards and a score. That's their only rushing touchdown of the game. Uh, Jaham Jamain Martin, three for 11. They had a total... Oh, then they had this one guy, Diedrich Thomas, ran the ball once for negative eight yards. So they had 16 carries for 25 yards. Your carries number should never be that close to your total yards. <laughs> like for the, your team, 16 carries for 25 yards. Ouch, kabibble. Ouch, kabibble. All right, receiving Eli Rogers, 10 for 135 with the score. He had a day, and that's about it, except for Cody Lattimore, the tight end, 7 for 70, no no, no, no touchdown. They only had one through the air, and that was Eli Rogers. Uh, Daniel Williams, 2 for 27. Carlson Rambo, 4 for 27. They had 303 yards through the air. Not bad with one guy with 135 yards, dude. Damn. So, yeah. 28 for 43. That's bad. It's not bad. I mean, it is bad. But it's not terrible. I mean, it's decent, I guess you could say. 303 yards, that's good. So, yeah, this game was uh, not that great. I mean, field goals here and there, fumbles left and right. Like I said, final score, 18 to 16. Renegades over the Guardians. Renegades are now four and four. Guardians are one and seven. Moving on. <laughs> DC Defenders versus Seattle Sea Dragons. This was a game. This was the night game on Sunday at seven. And the final score was 34 to 33. All right. The Sea Dragons just needed to convert a two pointer to win the game by one. It would have been 35 to 33 at the end of the game, but they failed. They got lit up, sacked on that two-point conversion. Went for the fourth and 15, did not get it. With 30 seconds left on the clock, they took a knee, 
the defenders did in victory formation to win by one. And what does the Seattle Sea Dragons coach do? He calls a timeout. <laughs> Game's over. There's 20 seconds left. All the team, all the, the other team was like running on the field and shit. And he decides to call a timeout. And he's and the camera comes back to him. And he's like, get the hell back. Get the hell back. Yeah, get back. Get back. Get back. Some of those words I said, he said different words, but I don't want to say them. Uh, I'm trying to keep this a little clean here, okay? I might say a couple things here and there, but those aren't terrible, in my opinion. Anyway, so like I said, DC defenders win this game 34 to 33 over the Seattle, over the red hot looking scary Seattle Sea Dragons. Yeah, they're five and three, but. They won five in a row. Like they looked bad, and then they won five in a row. They were started off zero and two, then they were five and two. They won those five in a row. Coming up on the Battle Hawks and the Defenders, the, I kind of wanted the Sea Dragons to win this game because they had the same record as us, but we have the division win over them, so we still would have been in second place technically. And I think we have the Sea Dragons coming up at home this weekend on Sunday that's going to be a big fucking game. Ooh, and I said it. Oh, well. <laughs> that's going to be a big game for us. We need to win the game. But if we lose the game, then we'll be tied. So then I don't know what it will go from there. Uh, Wait, I thought it said, that. it said it at the bottom. Please, please, please. Damn it. No, not on this one. Maybe under the player stats. Nope, not under that one either. All right. All right. So let's get into the D.C. Seattle game. All right, shall we? Let's start off with the seven and one defenders, I guess. All right, because they're seven and one. Lucky Jordan Taimu, ex Battlehawk, could cause the law, except for him. He sucks. 17 for 26, 247 yards through the air, four touchdowns through the air, dude. Man, no interceptions, two sacks, dude. I'm not going to lie, though. It would be, it, I, I love AJ McCarron. I love AJ McCarron, but dude, what Jordan Taimu has done this year with his rushing and his passing and not really getting picked off and shit like that, like he's good, man. AJ's pretty good too, but Jordan's Jordan's pretty good. And we share a name. So he's pretty good. Uh four touchdowns through the air, like I said. Uh his long pass was a 70 yarder. The guy missed the tackle and the guy just ran all the way downfield. Uh, he did get sacked twice. Uh, Dietrich King came in twice. Uh, no completions, no yards, nothing. Rushing, Abram Smith, the league leader in rushing with like 706 yards. He went 17 for 66. Seattle kind of shut him down this game, which was pretty interesting. Um, and he only had one catch for 18 yards as well, which pretty shocking for Abram Smith. Um, and he had one touchdown on the ground, 17 for 66, Abram Smith. Jordan Tyamu ran it eight times, only for 13 yards, but he picked up some crucial first downs as well. Uh, and then, let's see. So you had a total of 87 yards on the ground with one score on the ground. Let's go to receiving, shall we? Uh, Chris Blair, five receptions, 148 yards, one touchdown. And that was the catch with that 70-yarder. The guy missed the tackle, and the dude just ran all the way downfield for the touchdown. 
Lucky Jackson, three for 23. He had a lot of crucial first down. Well, he had those. He, I think he had three f- crucial first down catches. Abram Smith, one for 18, so on, so on. Everybody else had one or two catches. So they had 147 yards through the air, four touchdowns through the air with, from Chris Blair, uh, Alex Ellis, Brandon Smith, and Raquel Armstead. They all had touchdowns. Pretty good uh, day for them, I would say, for real. And on defense, they had no sacks. Uh, one interceptions, no fumble. So their defense got held out for real. All right, penalties for the game. Let's see here. I like to go down to penalties. All right, penalties. DC Defenders had seven. CLC Dragons had eight. Yeah, all right. That was a good game, man. I mean, it was hard to tell who was who. I, I, I didn't really know who I wanted to win, honestly. I guess DC, because then that would lock in. That would almost lock us in for the playoffs, but we got Seattle next week, so we got to beat them next week. So, but yeah, it was, it was, I mean, it was a great game, dude. Back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. All right, let's go over Sea Dragons. Uh, Beninucci, the league leader in passing yards, not touchdowns, close. Um, he went 28 for 42, not bad, 301 yards, three touchdowns, one pick, did not get sacked. Dude's a little spider monkey in the backfield. Uh, rushing, Ben Danucci, four for 23, no score. The brand new, may I introduce to you, Philip Lindsay of the CLC Dragons, ex-NFL running back for the Broncos. He went eight for 23 with a major big score, um, and then TJ Ham. Uh, Hammonds went one for seven. They had 53 yards on the ground, only one touchdown on the ground. Um, Juwan Green, seven receptions for 142 yards and two scores. So they had one guy on each team that just went off, basically. It was crazy. Blake Jackson, four for 53. Josh Gordon, four catches for 39 yards. Um, Jacor Pearson had a big touchdown at the end of the game with like a minute left, I think it was, or two minutes left, whatever it was. Five receptions, 34 yards, and a score. They had three scores in the air for 301 yards. Not bad for Seattle. Typically them right there. They had two sacks, no interceptions, two forced fumbles, and two fumble recoveries. Defense played pretty well, I would say. Um. Yeah, so that's that game. That was a great game. That was a big game in the North Division for real. Two Two of the top three teams in the division, even though there's only four. Yeah, I'm not going to say the CLC Dragons are over my Battlehawks because they're clearly not. We have a better record. We've only lost to D.C., and they just lost to D.C., so it's like, hello, and we've beat them before. So that was during their 0-2 run. So when we see them next week or this coming up weekend, it's going to be a different game. But I'm hoping we're having, we're, we'll have A.J. back for this game, and it's going to be a home game. I'll go over that that home game here in a minute, all right, once I get to that game. But like I said, defenders move on to be 7-1 and one again and beat the Seattle Sea Dragons 34-33. to 33. CLC Dragons are now 5-3. and three. DC defenders again 7-1. and one. They have clinched a playoff spot um, next week, depending on who wins. If St. Louis be- beats uh, Seattle, they will also clinch a playoff spot and uh D 
DC defenders should clinch home field. I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure. I'm not a hundred percent sure, but I think our record in the division might be better than theirs. I'm not sure. I don't think so. I, I don't know. No, they have one loss. I'm tripping. Doesn't matter. Anyway, that would be funny to see a def- uh, see the defenders lose out, but I don't see it. I don't see it happen. All right. Seattle Sea Dragons five and three, DC Defenders seven and one. Moving on, uh, Houston Roughnecks and the San Antonio Brahmas. <laughs> I mean, you couldn't make the Brahmas any better. I mean, come on, that's a rock thing, and they suck. They only have two wins on the season. They lost this game seventeen to fifteen in overtime. In overtime, the second overtime of the day. The first one was the Vipers and Battlehawks, and I'll go over that next. Obviously, I saved the best for last. Obviously, obviously, Kakal is the law. Don't forget. Yeah. Anyway, so overtime. It was awesome. I'll go over that. I'll go over that at the end. Uh, of this roughnecks game. So you guys can understand how overtime worked. All right. I'll go over that in a minute, but first, before I go through this games, let me get to our sponsors. All right. Our first one seat geek, super excited about this one. Check it out. I'll be right back. All right. So I'm a baseball guy and my goal is to actually see a game in every major league baseball stadium. Now, I'm more than a third of the way there, and I never buy from the team's websites. SeatGeek is my first stop whenever I'm heading to a new city for a ball game. Now, obviously, they've got some other sports, as well as concert tickets, Broadway, comedy, I mean, you name it. And now, for BSN listeners, they're actually offering you 20 bucks off your first ticket purchase. So just use the code BSN, that stands for Variety Sports Network, so that's BSN, to save 20 bucks. So put that to use for some food or for some drinks at whatever event you are wanting to attend. Again, that code is VSN to save 20 bucks on your first SeatGeek purchase. $20 on your first SeatGeek purchase? How do you not do that? (laughs) I'm just saying, go do it. If you've already used SeatGeek, make another email, use our code VSN, and go get $20 off any tickets, venues, concerts, sporting events, musicals on ice, Disney, whatever you want to see. <laughs> All right. So I'm going to play a different one this week. Okay. Just because I feel like I should promote all of our sponsors. Um, not all at the same time, but switch it up a little bit. But Sea Geek is one of my favorite, of course. So this week I bring you one of my favorite places to get vintage shirts and vintage anything. Really? I've just gotten a couple shirts. Let me introduce to you the Row One, Row One brand. Let's be honest, you're here because you love sports. We love sports too. And our friends over at Row One Brand love sports as much as we do. Row One Brand sells sports wall art, sports gift watches, and vintage apparel with ornamental designs created from real game ticket stubs and vintage sports memorabilia in their collection. If you want some vintage Golden State Warriors memorabilia, they have that too. It's a sports collector's dream website for anything sports related. Go over to one, rowonebrand.com to check out their great inventory. And when you use the promo code BSB15, you'll get 15% off any item on the whole site. That's code BSB15 for 15% off any item on the site. So click on the link below and go check them out. Row Run Brands, 
America's best vintage sports art, sports gifts. Pro One brand. Check them out. I have bought a handful of Raider shirt from them. My buddy Dylan over at Monsters of the Midway, um, a Bears podcast that will be up and running when NFL starts here in a couple weeks when we get the draft going. That will be exciting. Anyway, he has bought plenty of Bears vintage stuff over there. They got all. You got relatives. You got brothers, uncles, grandpas, dads that love sports from the old times, especially. Go check them out. They got some awesome stuff. Plus, you get 50% off. Come on. For me. Come on. For me. I'm giving it to you. Come on. Go see it. Anyway, let's get back into it. All right. I will. Uh, excuse me. Jeez. Pardon me. I will get back into this right now. Okay. So first overtime. All right. Let, let me just go ahead and explain it now. So overtime. This is how overtime works in the NFL. Completely different. Or I'm sorry. This is how the o- overtime works in the XFL. Oh, man, you can tell I'm tired. Anyway, that's not an excuse, though. Come on, get into it. Let's go. Anyway, overtime. So, basically, if the game is tied at the end of regulation, you go to overtime. In the XFL, overtime goes like this. There's a coin flip. Whoever wins the coin flip decides if they want to go first to be on offense or be on defense first. All right. And then they're down on the five yard line. All right. And one team gets an offensive play. They run the play. If they score, they get one point. All right. Um, and now this happens three times. So each team gets both, both, both teams get three offensive snaps to try to get three points uh, to win. So it's basically the best two out of three. Whoever gets two out of three or out of those three, obviously wins. Um, and then if it's still tied after those three, then you just keep going until one scores and one don't, basically. Um, and it's amazing. So um, the Rennie, or the Roughnecks, the Roughnecks went in. Let's see, overtime. Yeah, the rough tech, Roughnecks got in first, stopped the Brahmas. Um, they did it again. They scored, and then they stopped the Brahmas for the game over, but <laughs> it just, I, I was at the battle Hawks game and it, the same thing happened. And, but it was the first one that's ever happened. The battle Hawks one wasn't it. It was nuts. <laughs> it just, it's very exciting. Like I love the fourth and 15 in the fourth quarter. If you're down, it gives a team a chance, like, and it will truly show like which team is just, I guess you could say better. I mean, yeah, the one team's coming from behind, but it it just gives any team a chance. Let, you just get a chance, and it's nice. You get a chance to come back and win the game even though you're down. So instead of onside kicking it, which is like has a 0.002% chance of recovering it, they got rid of that. They're like, okay, instead of them trying to onside kick it and getting it back and it never happens, why don't we actually give them a real opportunity to get the ball back so you can choose a fourth and 15 play, all right? So you get one ball, one snap, fourth and 15, down on your 25-yard line. Now, if you fail, 
the other team gets the ball right there on the 25-yard line. You guys already know this. I'm just explaining it. Maybe there's somebody new tuning in this week, and, and they don't know. So I'm explaining it. Um, so then if they complete the 4th and 15, they get to keep going. So there could be three minutes left on the clock, and they go four and out, or, so, or if they score or whatever, and then they choose to do the 4th the and 15, I mean, and if they get it, they can keep running the clock off as in as if like the other team were getting the ball back and they would run the clock out to in the game. This way, you're getting the if you complete that fourth and 15, yes, you get it on your 25 yard line to start, but like wherever that play ends, obviously 15 yards from there. Um so the 30 the uh 40, you would get it, you'd get it, you'd be up to the 40. So I don't know. This is it. I love it. I just love it. I don't know. So basically the Roughnecks got in twice and stopped the Brahmas twice and won the game for overtime. It's almost like a shootout in hockey. It almost reminds me kind of like Madden, you know, but like the uh, superstar KO mode. That's kind of, I don't know why it just kind of, kind of reminds me of that. Like you get, you get three drives in overtime if you're tied and whoever has the most yards wins if you don't score. Usually it's the first one who scores wins, but if nobody scores, it's whoever has the most offensive yards. Let's get into this game, all right? Houston Roughnecks. Brandon Silvers went 17 for 36, 146 yards, two touchdowns, two interceptions, got sacked twice, 2-2-2. Ooh, ouch. Um, Rushing, um, they had 25 yards on the ground, um, but uh, Bryson Allen had four carries for 12 yards. Uh, Max Borgi, who looks like Christian McCaffrey, went seven for 10. And they, like I said, 25 yards on the ground, no touchdowns for the Houston Roughnecks. They looked great at the beginning. They look rough now. The Houston Roughnecks would probably be third and or actually would be dead last in, if they were in our division, if they swapped with the Guardians. And then nobody in that division would be great. <laughs> If DC gets past the Battle Hawks in the playoff playoffs, if that's a scenario, whoever wins the game in the North is going to win it all. The North is going to be the champion this year. I write it down, Mark. Put that on your whiteboard, or write it on the whatever. All right. Uh, no touchdowns on the ground. Twenty-five yards. Terrible outing by the Roughnecks. I how they won this game. The Brahmas are just that bad. I'm I'm sorry, but they're just that bad. Receiving, Max Borgi was their leading receiver. The running back was the leading receiver. I said it twice. Yeah, wow. wow. Three receptions, 49 yards, no touchdowns. They had two touchdowns on the ground now, but I'll get into them. We've got them. Um, Justin Smith, two receptions, 30 yards. Michael Bandy, four for 29 um, and then a touchdown by Deontay Burnett, two for eight with a score. And then a touchdown by Garrett Owens, one for five and a score. So a five-yard dinker and dunker right in there. Um, receiving, like I said, 146 yards in the air, two touchdowns, not great at all. Defense had six sacks, which is pretty damn good, probably why you won this game. Um, two interceptions, no force fumbles. Uh, what did their kicker do? I haven't really gone over kicking. Uh, one for one. Austin Jones. Yep, 41-yarder. All right, let's go down to penalties. I like seeing the penalties. Why? I just do. 
penalties. Yeah, uh, Roughnecks had 11. Brahma said 7. 7-11. Hey, if you don't know what that is, that, that is a gas station that has been in Missouri forever. I, there might be one left. <laughs> one or two or three, maybe four, maybe five, maybe. But yeah, that was the Roughneck stats, man. That was not that great to hear, but they somehow came out with the victory. <laughs> Let's go over the Brahmas. All right, Landon Acres. Oh, wait, that's punt returns. Whoa, I was like, who is this quarterback? That really confused me there for a second. All right, Jack Cohen, duh. 23 for 41 for the Brahmas, 190 yards, no touchdowns, two picks, got sacked six times, like I said earlier, dude. Jeez. Six times for a negative of 38 yards. Rushing, they had 128 yards on the ground. Not bad, not bad. It was all one guy. Uh Jaquez Patrick, 16 carries for 96 yards and a score. The next closest guy was John Hillman, six carries, 10 carries less, and then 19 yards, almost like 70-something 70, 70 yards less. Just bad. 60-something, uh, oh, whatever. Um, so they had one touchdown on the ground. Receiving, they had 190 yards. Sorry, my eye is bothering me. 190 yards on the ground. Um, their leading receiver was Landon Akers, 5 for 62. Uh, Jaquez Patrick, 4 for 38. Didn't he rush? Yeah, they're, they're running back. Duh. <sighs> Ellie's Mack, 5 for 36. Uh, they had no touchdowns through the air. Terrible, 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 terrible. Um, their defense had two sacks, two picks, no fumbles uh, forced. Uh, let's see. They're kicking. Uh, three for three long was a 49, not bad. So yeah, that was the, uh, Houston Roughnecks and the San Antonio Brahmas, uh, final score of 17 to 15 Roughnecks came out on top in overtime for the second overtime ever, ever forever. So the Roughnecks are now five and three. They have clinched a playoff spot. The San Antonio Brahmas stink and they're two and six. I feel bad for Heinz Ward. They just need to completely re-up their team. Watch them be the best one next year. No, I'm sorry. Battlehawks will always be the best. Anyway, moving on <laughs> to the Vegas Vipers and my St. Louis Battlehawks. They played in the Battle Dome on Saturday at noon. They came out victorious against the Vipers. They are now six and two. The Vipers are two and six. Terrible. They pee sitting down. <laughs> long, long time joke. Anyway, final score of 21 to 17. Um, yeah. It was an overtime winner. It was the first one ever, and I honestly thought we were going to lose this game. We scored eight points in three quarters. Now, granted, they only scored 11 points in three quarters, but still. And then in the fourth quarter, we had a touchdown and a three-pointer to come back, and they only had, and they only had a... Uh, 
and they only had two field goals. Or no, 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 they had a touchdown late, and then they missed, and then they missed uh, um, their extra point or their two point conversion or whatever they went for. But yeah, that's what basically helped us. And then we won it in overtime. It was nuts. The place went be ballistic, dude. It was again. St. Louis has showed up. Let me just go ahead and go over this. The past, they've had three home games. Everybody else has had four or five, okay? We finished the season, the last two games of the season, at home, which is awesome. Um, the last three games of the season could be big for us, which they are. We're going into the playoffs. We need to be red hot. We need to get AJ back and go from there. So, these next games are big for us. Let's go over the stats, shall we? Player stats. Let's start with the Vipers. Because they suck. Uh, Jalen McClennan, 13 for 23, 159 yards through the air, one touchdown, no interceptions, two sacks. We had two sacks on the day. Then Cam Sutton, for some reason, decided to try to pass it and failed. Uh, rushing, Jalen McLeod, 13. They're running back. He kept scrambling for first downs and got him every time. 13 for 62. He was their leading rusher, the quarterback. And then Brian Burt, 9 for 57. Rod Smith, who is their starting running back, went 13 for 51. Uh, John Lovett went 3 for 30 with a touchdown. Um, he had a 23-yard touchdown run, which is BS. Receiving Geronimo Allison, ex-Green Bay Packer. Two receptions, 44 yards, and a touchdown. Uh, Martavis Bryant, ex-NFL from the Steelers. One reception for 39 yards. That dude is a monster and kept getting wide open and just wouldn't throw to him because they suck. Matthew Sexton, three for 27. Rod Smith, three for 20. Brian Burt, two for 18. Uh, they had one touchdown, like I said, through the air, and that was to Geronimo Allison. That was late in the game as well. It's a nice run play. Defensive-wise, they had two sacks on our rookie quarterback. Um Exceptions from our working quarterback. One forced fumble from our running back, I believe. And then one fumble recovery. Let's – oh, I'll go over to penalties after this. Uh, kicking, field goals made. This can't be right because if I remember correctly, he missed two field goals. And it says here he's only he has two field goal attempts now. He had three. He missed two of them. And made one. Yeah. That's hella funny. Wait. Yeah, field goals made, field goal attempt. Yeah. He was fifty percent. That's what it says in here. Long was twenty three. That's not that's not right. Battlehawk and Vipers game. Let's go to the penalties, shall we? Six for the Battle Hawks. That is not right. That no, dude. Nine for the Vipers. No, it should be switched. Battle Hawks kept getting penalty, penalty, penalties. Like, dude, can't be screwing us like that at all. Cannot be screwing us. Um. So yeah, that was the Vipers' stats. For this game. Not the greatest. At all. Like I said receiving wise. 159 yards in the air. Rushing. 
Rushing, they had 208 yards because they had one guy with 62 yards, another guy with 57, another guy with 51, another guy with 30. So, yeah, you're going to give up that's 100, basically 200, 208, but only one touchdown. That's 40 carries for 208. It's all right. It's not terrible. All right. Let's go over to your St. Louis Battlehawks. Well, mine, not yours. Could be yours if you're listening and you're a Battlehawks fan. Yeah, buddy. All right. So, A.J. McCarron is out with a shoulder injury. Apparently, he was good to go. Coach decided to sit him. Probably for strategy-wise, I get it. I get it. But whatever. Nick Tiano, 19 for 34. 194 yards, one touchdown, two interceptions, crucial times, and got sacked twice. Sterling guy came in one for one, 64 yards. Okay, I'm just kidding. It's not the Sterling guy. You ready for this? You ready for this? Sterling Hoffert Reicher, the punter for the St. Louis Battlehawks, did a fake punt towards the end of the game. Crucial Crucial moment. We were all booing Anthony because Anthony's the head coach because he did not go for it on fourth and like two and we needed points. We were down like eight points or whatever it was, nine points. And sure as shit, what does Anthony do? He sends out his punt team and they run a fake. All the way down on like their 30, dude. Like we were far away from our end zone. What happens? He drops back, act like he's going to punt it. Pulls up. Hits a man wide open. Wide open. And that guy was Gary 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 Jennings, by the way. Hits him wide open in stride. Not really in stride. He had to turn around, grab it, and then go. But, dude, dude was off to the races. Dude's fast. Got to give you credit, man. Hella fast. Hella fast. It was a hell of a game. (laughs) Rushing, our quarterback was 8 for 51. St. Louis's own Brian Hill went 10 for 35. No rushing touchdowns, but there was two through the air. Uh, Marcel Atman, 4 for 67. Yeah, he killed it. He was actually a new addition to the Battle Hawks. They added him not too long ago to the squad, I believe. Gary Jennings, one reception, 64 yards, and was, um, with one touchdown, it was beautiful. It was beautiful. And Gary, like I said, Gary Jen- Gary Jennings had that one touchdown as well. Uh, Darius Shepard, two for 23. Austin Prawl, Austin Prohl, two for 12. Uh, didn't really show up in this game a lot, but he had six targets, caught it twice. It's whatever, I guess you could say. Everybody else caught their ball, except for Darius Shepard. He got targeted six times, um, but only caught two. That was pretty bad, but it is what it is. Brian Hill fumbled the ball. Crucial moment. It is what what it is. What it is. Um, let's see here. Let me write this spot down here. All right. So defensive-wise, the Battle Hawks. Had 76 total tackles, two sacks, no interceptions. We had a beautiful interception in the fourth quarter called back, dude, for something. I don't even know what it was. Um, 
but we had one forced fumble and one fumble recovery. Pretty damn good. It was all right. It was all right. It was all right. Kicking-wise, Donald Eggman, one for two. He missed one. I think it was like a 49-yarder or something like that, or 50-yarder or whatever it was. Um, but he did nail his, his – that one was 34. So that was that game. That game was very interesting to be at. It was very fun to be at. Final score of 21 to 17. Uh, Battlehawk 6 and 2. Vipers 2 and 6. Big crucial moments coming up um, in week nine. Um, let's go over those real quick and then I will get out of your hair. I'm just kidding. Vegas Vipers at Houston Roughnecks. Orlando Guardians at Brahmas. Arlington Renegades at. DC Defenders, CLC Dragons at the Battle Dome. Um, my predictions, I'll go backwards now. Uh, Battle Hawks and Dragons, gonna pick Battle Hawks again just because my home team and I feel like they can win this game. DC Defenders and Arlington Renegades, I'm gonna go DC Defenders. Their run game is just crazy. Orlando Guardians and San Antonio Brahmas, two of the worst teams in the league. Um, one's one and seven, one's two and six. Um, I'm going to give it to the Guardians. The Guardians are going to be 2 and 7. Brahmas are going to be 2 and 7. Yeah, I'm going Guardians that game. And then the Roughnecks and the Vipers. I think I'm going to give it to the Roughnecks. I'm going to go ahead and give it to the Roughnecks. They're a decent team. They're playing the Vipers. Vipers are not that great, to be honest. They should be able to beat them. That is week nine, and then we have one more week after week nine. Week 10 is the final week of the season, and then we have division championships, the South Division Championship, the top the top two in the division. Then you have the North Division Championship, the top two in the division, and then the winner of those two goes to the championship in the Alamo Dome in San Antonio, Texas, Saturday, May 13th at 8 o'clock. Tickets, tickets are on sale as low as $35 from what I have seen. All right, guys, that is enough for me. That is your week eight in the XFL. Uh, be on the lookout for week nine next week. Um, I hope everybody enjoys their weekend. This coming up weekend, even though this week just started, I hope everybody had a great Easter. Happy Easter to everybody. And uh, yeah, until next time, guys, my name is Jordan. And this was Talking the Gridiron XFL.